I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. We are going to look at the top NBA players of all time from a different perspective, though. We're going to look at really the top 25 players for every position. Five players will be acknowledged as point guards, the best five point guards, where their careers should have peaked from 1960 to 1990. And then we're going to do the top five shooting guards from that same period, 1960 to 1990. And then we're going to do the top five power forwards and the top five small forwards and the top five centers. And we'll look at the top NBA guards. And from that same perspective, each one of the positions from 1990 until probably 2015 or so. Now, my number two guy, I think we're going to have the same number two guy, quite frankly. And my number two guy was my number one guy for, for many, many years. One of my favorite players of all time, with uh, the exception of one other person who was going to be ranked number one. You know, this guy may be the best point guard or one of the best point guards in the history of the game. So, I, And I think he would fit in the top five of, of all eras, 1960s, well into the 21st century, that 2015, 16 or whatever. He would have to be in the top five, in my estimation. He, he's done that much for the game, even though he does not have the long list of NBA championships that other people have had. It was just an era back then when he played Gary when certain teams led by dominant centers just were able to dominate basketball. And my number two is Oscar Robertson. Oscar did win an NBA championship in his uh, latter years, led well, mostly by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, at the time, who I'll send their type team, the Milwaukee Bucks in 1971. And he was a shell of himself, quite frankly. He, he, didn't, he wasn't the Oscar who got you 30 points, uh, 10 or 11 rebounds, and 10 or 11 assists a game. But he, uh, he didn't have to because he had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had, he had other players on that team that were able to uh, perform their role well. And he won an NBA championship. MVP, when he walked into the NBA, he captured the Rookie of the Year award right off the bat. He became an MVP in the NBA, which not many guards were able to accomplish. We talked about how Bob Cousy won the MVP award as a point guard and talked about, and I'm, we're gonna, there's another person on our list that also won the NBA MVP award. We'll talk about him a little later, I believe both of us will. But it was hard for a guard to win the MVP award. Even today, it's kind of hard. No, not as hard, because now we have Harden winning it and Curry winning it, so not, not as hard. But back then, it was extremely difficult. Because typically, if you put up 30 points a game, you think, that, hey, that guy should be an MVP. Well, Will Chamberlain was putting up 35 points a game, 40 points a game. And so it was just a totally different different period. 12 times an All-Star, nine times All-NBA first team, two times second team, six times he led the league in, in assists, and those were hard assists because, once again, they weren't inflated assists like you have today. And as a college player, no, he did not win an, an NCAA or NIT championship like the, some of the other players that I just talked about did. But he holds the unique distinction of being the college player of the year, not once, not twice, 
but three times he was deemed the best college player in basketball. Oscar Robinson, one of the greatest of all time. I admired him, and I didn't pattern my game after him because I wasn't six feet five inches tall, which back then a six foot five guard was like a six eight or six nine guard today. But it was he was a person that um, we we were all in amazement how he, he was able to get his shot off any time he wanted over anybody because he put his shot literally behind his head and flicked his wrist from there. And it was literally almost impossible for anyone to block it. Though he was not the three-point scorer, we didn't have the three-point line back then, but he didn't shoot from way, way out. He was one of those players who got within the top of the key or in the paint or on the sidelines about 15, 20 foot feet out, and and he nailed it. And so I have him as my number two, and he would also, I'm telling you, give me a forecast in the future, that being that he will also be in my top point guards of all time, regardless of the era. Well, he's also seventh all time in assists, and he's actually my number two as well. This is pretty easy. I think you'll agree with me on this, is that five to three, the guys are a lot closer together, while Mm -hmm. two and one, there's gaps. Right. There's mm-hmm. levels. Yeah, there's really nothing else that I can really say, you know, that you haven't I've said already. But I got to mention this point. There was a certain media guy that said Oscar Robinson was more of a wing player than a point guard. And I never <laughs> and, and I don't I don't know what he was trying to say. I'm not going to mention his name. I don't know what he was trying to say or what he was trying to point across. But it just shows that the media doesn't really know about the NBA during the 60s because a lot of them didn't see it and they don't know at all. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but Oscar's first five seasons, he averaged a triple-double. Yeah. Uh, until, until recently, he had the most triple-doubles in NBA history, and Russell Westbrook passed that. But it's a lot easier to get assists now, you know, and rebounds now because of the long rebounds um, you know, as a point guard and, you know, of the passing kicking to three-point shooters and there's more spacing on the court. It didn't make sense for Oscar Robinson to take 20-foot shots because it would count the same. So, um, you know, this is, pretty, this is pretty clear to me, and uh, I'd like to hear your number one. I think this one's going to be pretty easy as well. Yeah, it will. Let me just say a little bit more about Oscar because during his early years, he averaged about 30 points a game almost every season. In his first year, he averaged 30.5. His second year, 30.8. Third year, 28.3. His fourth year, 31.4. Next year, 30.4. Next year, 31.3. Next year, 30. I mean, not many players were able to achieve numbers like that coming out of the box and just dominate basketball. And every one of those years, the first three in particular, even more than probably the first five, he averaged at least nine rebounds and 10 assists a game. I mean, it was just incredible how he dominated the game. And Gary, let me tell you, they had double teams on this guy all the time. They played, they played zone against this guy. They did everything they possibly could against Oscar, and nothing worked. His average for his career was 25.7 points a game. He shot almost 50% from the field. And let me tell you, Bob Cousy shot 37% from the field. And we all have been saying, wow, this guy's phenomenal. Oscar was shooting almost 50% from the field back in those days, Gary. That's incredible. That is incredible, shooting that high of a percentage. And he shot about 84% from the free throw line. Just absolutely a dominant player 
who played on a team that was really bad. You know, they were they were just no, they weren't really bad. They were just mediocre. So they were, you know, they, if they played eighty two games, okay, they one year they won forty five, next year they won forty three, next year they won forty eight. You know, yeah, they were just mediocre. There's a mediocre team. His average went down. His scoring average would be closer to thirty for his career had it not been for his change in really posture with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now with the Bucks, he still shot around 50%, got about 85% from the free throw line, but his average was below 20 points a game for his last four seasons in the NBA. And for the most part, it's because he you know didn't see a need to score 30 points a game anymore. And the team was actually winning more because they had a guy by the name of Ruel Sender on it, later Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In the playoffs, he played well also. He averaged not as well as he did when he was, you know, playing. No, I shouldn't say that. When he was at Cincinnati, they made the playoffs in 62, 63, just about every year that he was there, at least 62 through 67. And he was averaging about 30 points a game in the playoffs. You know, so he, he was just a very special player, Gary. And uh, not surprised that uh, you also recognize that and have him number two. These players who never played the game before, or never played it in high school, never played it in college or whatever, the comments about Oscar, they should be just, uh, I don't even know why they oh, give them a paycheck, oh, quite frankly. Oh, you, mean, but, you mean the media members? Yeah, the media members. I don't know why they give yeah. these guys the paycheck. What? 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 Why do they deserve a paycheck? Because they write stories about people? Is that is that why they 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 were they are authorities on the NBA or basketball? Because they write stories? No, 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 no. Get into the gym, see how hard it is to hit eight out of 10 free throws. See how hard it is to hit nine out of 10 free throws. Oh, forget about that. These guys today are making 95% of their free throw shots in some instances. So let's see how hard it is to shoot with, with a guy on you. Let's see how you can get free with, with without taking that step back, so-called step back, which I think is a traveling move. If you played the game, you got much more respect than, than, than to me, the guys who've been sitting on the sidelines writing stories. When I hear from people like, like Barkley or you know, Kenny, what's his name, Gary? <laughs> Kenny Smith and Chad. Yeah, yeah Kenny, and, Kenny yeah, Smith. Guys, you know, it yeah. means a lot more. Because these guys play the game. Kenny Smith when high school was the best high school player in the country when he came out of high school. And so, you know, bottom line of it is, get with the program, these writers. Oscar, one of the best of all time. Guess what? The journalists may not have liked him. I know that. The journalists may not have liked him. A lot of the journalists who wrote stories like you write stories didn't like Oscar for one reason or another. But the bottom line of it is his greatness shined. And whether you look at it from a, from a subjective perspective, he was phenomenal, or the more important objective perspective, the numbers, he was phenomenal. And so let's believe let it me like say that. If he didn't have Bill Russell and Bill Chamberlain around, he would have won a hell of a lot more MVP awards. Let me tell you that. And let me say this as well. Also just shows his greatest as a scorer before we move on. Oscar's 13th all-time scoring currently right now. So, you know, just about 10 years ago, per se, he, you know, he was a top 10 scorer of all time. And he had six seasons of 30 points or more. Yeah. Which is phenomenal as well. Just shows how great of a scorer he was, along with being a great facilitator for his teammates as well. And he was a great defensive player, Gary. I don't think they had all defensive teams back then. <laughs> but no, they did not. He was a great defensive player because he was so long. And and guards, you know, most of the guards are 6'2", 6'3", 6'1", 6 feet. He was 6'5", and he was long. He's a long. His arms were very long. And he was wide. That's why and back in the day, Gary, in order to get rebounds, you had to do something known as boxing out. And he was so just a wide body that he was able to get position and box out because, as you said earlier, 
The balls today, they bounce off the half court when people shoot, when take a three-point shot. They didn't do that. They were taking closer in shots. Oscar had to be strong enough to hold his ground and get those tough rebounds. And so um, I, can go, I can go on and on about Oscar Robertson. He's just one of the greatest, greatest individuals who ever played the game. So no matter how much we talked about Oscar, there's one player that's better than him on our list. Yes. And I, you go first on this, this one, one, Gary. I think this one's very, very easy. It's Magic Johnson. It's not really close for me. Uh, Magic's a five-time champion. He got to the NBA Finals nine of his 12 years in the league. Uh, he's a three-time MVP. He's sixth all-time in assists. You know, there's really not really, you know, much to say. You know, Showtime Lakers changed the game with his height and his ability to see over defenders. He's clearly not – if you look at Oscar and Magic, I think you would you know, agree with me on this one, Dad. Mm-hmm. Ma- Oscar was a more talented player than Magic Johnson was. When you look at the – you know, his shooting, when you look at, you know, getting rebounds, all these things, Oscar was more talented. But Magic was, was able to use his height and use um, his ability as a great passer to control the game. And that's something that completely changed basketball because he was probably the first player to control the tempo of the game just by being able to see over defenders. He was able to speed the game up. And because they had Kareem, he can just dump it down to Kareem and they were able to play a half-court game as well. Mm-hmm. So Magic was the best player of the 80s, which is why Isaiah Thomas doesn't have – a lot of uh, first-team All-NBA because Magic was just better, and Magic was a lot better. A lot better. Uh, so this is pretty easy, uh, Magic. And, you know, I guess I'll say this too. Yes, Magic will be in my top five point guard list of all time. Well, Gary, no dispute here. Until uh, Magic arrived, Oscar Robinson was the best point guard to play the game. But there was a guy by the name of Magic who did arrive. And quite frankly, thank God, because the NBA needed Magic, just like they needed Larry Bird. They both came at the right time for the NBA because they brought such excitement and charisma to the game. And though I'm just talking about now Magic because you were talking about point guards, I talked about Bob Cousy and his ball handling, but also what Bob Cousy did, he gave behind-the-back passes and no-look passes and things of that nature. Well... Magic took all of that to another degree, another another level, a totally different level. Magic's ability to, to see the court and pass the ball, no-look passes and bounce passes, passes off the jump. <laughs> no, no one, no one did it better up until that time. Now, a lot of people have emulated that and are doing well with that same ability. But they got it from Magic. <laughs> they got it from Magic. And Magic was 6'9", not 6'1". He was 6'9", doing that. He was grabbing the rebound, and instead of like Bill Russell, who was 6'9", who got the rebound and passed it out to a guard, no, no. Magic just kept the ball and dribbled it up. And unlike some of the basketball players who were playing at the time, Rick Barry, who would just look at the basket and say, I got to throw it. I got I to shoot unless three men are on me. No, no. Magic wasn't even thinking about scoring. He was thinking about getting the best possible shot for his teammates because a high-percentage shot meant they were going to score more points, guess what, than the other team. And that's all Magic Comet wanted to do, and that's all that counted for Magic because he knew that by winning, 
guess what? That's what the game's about, and everything else will fall into place. And so that is why he was he's going to be in my top five of all time because, Gary, as far as being a, a winner, he you're, you're hard-pressed to have a person who would rank higher than, than, than Magic Johnson. His numbers, okay. Not you could say, well, the guy didn't even average 20 points a game for his career. Okay, fine. But who cares? His team won championships. They won five NBA championships. Now, was did they have a great team? Did they have other Hall of Famers? Yes, they did. They had Kareem Abdul Jabbar, they have James Wood. But still, you need that facilitator, you need that floor general, you need that guy who can step in and play any position. And Magic at one time played center because Kareem was out. I mean, he just did everything you needed to do. The only point guard that, that would be on our list and probably the only point guard in, in the history of the game to win the MVP award three times. I don't know if there's another point. Up until this time, there was never a point guard who won the MVP award even more than two times. Well, Magic, as a point guard, won it three times. Also, three times he was NBA Finals MVP. Just incredible. You know, 12-time All-Star, even in the All-Star games, you knew Magic was on the court. He won the MVP award twice for that. He was just always the most valuable, the most instrumental player on the court. But did he look like a great basketball player? Did he Was he as capable of shooting a, a three or, or, or doing pull-ups all the No, not really. But he did shoot. Guess what? He shot over 52% from the field from his first career. Now, granted, a lot of those were shots that were rather close because he was able to get by and penetrate but that's still outstanding his three-point shooting percentage only 30 percent that's not you know to by anyone's standard that's just all right um not great 85 percent from the three throw line and the guy six nine shooting 85 percent other than larry bird at that time there was nobody six foot nine able to shoot 85 percent from the free throw line other than larry bird 11 assists for his career just an, an incredible player and also, I, I, you're proud of Magic for what he's done off the court as well, not just in, in, with the, in basketball, but also in the, from a professional perspective with the ownership of various businesses and franchises. He, he is one of a kind. He, he's, in, in fact, there's no better word than the word, use the word the Magic Man because he, he has definitely uh, done things that, that will cause people to just have to marvel over him. So I'm very proud to say, and in my list, like yours, Gary, by saying that the greatest point guard from 1960 to 1990 would be, without any question whatsoever, the Magic Man. We did the point guards. Now we're going to be looking at point guard's partner. That is the shooting guard. It's the position I think I played, at least the position I wanted to play, when I was in high school and also in college, even though I got stuck playing point guard sometimes. I didn't like that too much. But anyhow... The shooting guards, Gary, I, I just love these guys. Maybe because I have an affinity to them since I love that position. But we have some outstanding players on that list, even though when we look at from 1990 until 2015 or so, that's a really tough list to, to crack as far as the top five. But for today, we're looking at from 1960 until 1990. I, I tried to be really... Fair to these players, Gary, but I tell you, I had 10 players that could have been on my top five. Ten. And and we want to uh, – are we going to mention players who didn't quite make it? Look, I'm telling you right now, I, barely, I was barely able to get five. Oh, you got no. 10? I got – I have 12. Let me mention some of the ones that I didn't put on, and then 
you know, we'll get into the top five. And then later on, we can talk about them in the other in other terms when we, you know, down the road. This is a definition of errors right here. It's just, just, it's no, just bias right here. Bias on my yeah. part? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good era of basketball, Gary. No, I will concede this. There are far, 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 far more outstanding shooting guards in 1990 to the present. I mean, it, it, the, yeah. I don't know how we're going to do five. I, I tell you, it's, it's that tough. I mean, it is that, that that's, tough. That's my point. I don't know how you got 12 this time. It's like, how oh, no, there's, some, there's some good guys. I'm, I'm going to mention some of them. So I'll mention some of them. As I was doing the list, I was just reminiscing about many of these players and, and a lot of these folks I, I just, you know, kind of emulate and, and followed so closely when I was in high school and college, et cetera. I'm going to mention some players who could not make the list as far as the top five, but I'm going to mention them because they were outstanding shooting guards during their time. In no particular order, I'm going to, I'm going to mention you know, Sam Jones. Sam Jones, now granted, he played on that great Celtic team, and they won 10 championships, and they had a lot of Hall of Famers on that team. Bob Cousy, uh, they had... Um, they had John Havlicek at one time. They had, they had obviously the great Bill Russell, and they, they had a lot of all stars and a lot of a lot of Hall of Famers. But the guy, you know, made second team All NBA three times, five times an All Star, seventeen point seven points a game, shooting eighty percent from the free throw line, forty five percent from the field. Not spectacular enough to make the top five, but I just wanted to to mention him. And another guy, Gary, would be a guy who I played against. He played for the University of North Carolina, and I tell you, that North Carolina team was outstanding. Their starting five were all first-round draft picks. They had Phil Ford at point guard. They had this guy, and I'm going to mention in a minute, at, at shooting guard. They have Mitch Kupchak, who became the general manager of the Lakers. They had Tommy Lagarde, who played center, and they had another guy who I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But bottom line of it is, they were an outstanding team, and I felt like getting the, each player's autograph before or after the game, because they were, they were just that amazing. And this guy is Walter Davis. Walter Davis played for the University of North Carolina back in college from North Carolina. He was a six-time All-Star in NBA. Two times he was second-team All-NBA, and he was Rookie of the Year. He averaged about 19 points a game, shooting 85% from the free throw line and shooting 51% from, from the field. So Walter Davis, not going to make the top five, but a great player, played most of his career for the Phoenix Suns, who I'm still rooting for for their overall championship this year. A great guy, too. So I got to, got to know him briefly because I also worked at the uh, basketball camp with Dean Smith many, many years ago when I was in college. Won't make the list, but I just wanted to point him out, give him a shout-out. Another player who I, I would like to give a shout-out to is Gail Goodrich. Our chips kind of passed in the night uh, when I was cut by the New Orleans Jazz. They knew they were going to have a guy by the name of Gail Goodrich soon, and they and they did. Gail Goodrich, an NBA champion in 72, five-time All-Star, All-NBA first team in 1964. In college, Gary, he led the dynasty for UCLA. They won the championship in 64 and 65 with Coach Wooden. But in the NBA, he averaged about 19 points a game, shooting about 46% from the field, 81% from the free throw line, and getting about four and a half assists a game. So Gail Goodrich wouldn't make the top five shooting guards during this era, but just wanted to give him a shout out. And then let's talk about two or three other guys. 
one would be Hal Greer. Hal Greer was an NBA champion, Gary, in 1967. The 76ers won the NBA championship, led mostly by Walt Chamberlain. But this guy was a 10-time All-Star, won the MVP at the All-Star game in 68. Seven times he was a second-team All-NBA player, averaged about 19.2 points a game, shot 80% from the free-throw line, 45% from the field. The guy was a very steady player, got into the paint, made that jump shot, mid-range guy, and and did extremely well. Not in the top 10. Now, I'm sorry, the top five, but someone you got to give some love to. And then the last two, speaking of love, are two guys that I just truly, truly admired to the nth degree. And then one is Earl the Pearl Monroe. Not going to make the top five, but I tell you, a more exciting shooting guard in that era, I don't think you can match him. He was Mr. Excitement, the magic man before the Magic Man. He um, averaged 19 points a game, 18.8, shot 46% from the field, 81% from the free throw line, uh, made the All-NBA team, first team in 1969, NBA champions I mentioned before in 73, and he was Rookie of the Year in 1968, an All-Star four times. Not going to make the top five, but I'm going to give him a shout-out. And then last but not least, guy, Gary is a guy who I, who I kind of idolized as he was playing. I kind of modeled my game after him. And you've heard me talk about him before. Won't make any top five, but I love the guy. And then he went into politics. He became mayor of the city of Detroit. And this is a guy who played for Syracuse University and was one of Syracuse's best players of all time in basketball, the great Dave Bing. Dave Bing was a scoring champion in 1968. I must say that they, that was an off year for scoring a lot of points in the NBA. So he won that scoring title, scoring about 27 points a game. But his career scoring average was over 20. He shot only 44%, and he shot from the field and about 78% from the free throw line, getting about six assists a game. Now, keep in mind, Gary, they didn't give assists like they give up gummy bars that they do today. Anything's an assist today. It was hard to get an assist. He averaged about six a game. He was Rookie of the Year in 1967, first-team All-NBA twice, and second-team All-NBA once and a seven-time All-Star, including being MVP of the 1976 All-Star game. So Dave Bing, I almost had him in the top five, but just did not make the cut. I was trying to squeeze him in, but I did not. So those are guys, Gary, that I just want to give some love to and give a shout-out to those guys because they were all outstanding shooting guards during those years and had great careers. And as I said before, when we get to um, 1990 to 2015, I'm telling you, there's some unbelievable basketball players in that era. So um, I know that these guys are not going to come close to making any cup when we do the top 10 of all time as far as shooting guards. So if I don't give them a shout-out now, they probably wouldn't be able to get a shout-out. So Thank you for mentioning all those players. I think a lot of those players get forgotten um, as time goes on. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.